You're listening to a podcast brought to you by the Cloud Security Alliance, recorded live at London Olympia as part of InfoSec Europe 2017, presented by Richard Morrell. You're listening to another podcast from InfoSec 2017 from London Olympia. This is the Cloud Security Alliance Summit. We're joined by... Uh, Nature, the nature of the CSA Summit means we're joined by a large number of vendors who are all trying to solve problems in the enterprise and the cloud space. Joining me sat opposite is Jamie Bodley-Scott from Cryptzone. Say hi. Hi, it's very nice to be here this afternoon. Talk to me about Cryptzone. What is it you're actually trying to achieve? Well, the part of Cryptzone which I um, look after is responsible for the access products that we make. And our access products are kind of hybrid products, so they're designed to provide people with solutions that allow you to have your legacy enterprise and your cloud resources both being connected to at the same time by your users. And how do you find that works when you're faced with the questions about risk from your customers? How do do you digest that thorny topic? We don't find risk is a particularly alien topic because the way we choose to allow people into their resources is by measuring more than just the identity of the users. That's the traditional way of doing it. What we try to do is to collect a lot of metadata, Mm -hmm. which we call claims or context, Mm -hmm. and then we use that to make a much richer, much more informed decision about whether that user should be granted full or partial access to a resource. So we can very easily match risk against the measured situation in which that user currently is. So as opposed to a traditional network where a Kerberos token or et cetera, et cetera, would be the primary methodology of authentication for that user being given access privileges to a resource or to a library or whatever. Yeah, and they don't mean very much because you can be given a Kerberos token at 8 o'clock in the morning. Exactly. And you could be on a different continent by 4 in the afternoon and still have that same Kerberos token. Do you find, therefore, that this is going to reduce things like insider threat? It can be used internally as well as externally, because uh, if you develop a technology along the SDP principles, software-defined perimeter, that is, which is what we have done, then that technology can be applied inside or outside the network. So it's very easy, then, to measure context inside the network and outside the network and make different decisions based on what you've measured. But what about things like reporting functionality within Cryptzone? Do you find that as you tackle different customers, different customers need different types of reporting? Yep, so we've um, designed the system really to go beyond just reporting. Reporting in itself is it's almost just like logs. It's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can actually make a system kind of fully compliant with the whole environment that is being used then you can actually take live information from our system. Mm -hmm. You could analyze it in SIM system if you want, but you could also analyze it in other things. And they, in turn, through APIs, can modify I was about to say, is there an API infrastructure for that? Okay, so if you wanted to plug Splunk into it or whatever, you could go go away and do that. Yeah, but we could also be controlled by Splunk. Oh, cool. Just as easily as we could feed Splunk. So you build a completely closed-loop system. And the advantage of that, of course, is if something goes a little peculiar mm-hmm. at quarter to 11 at night, we can respond to it instantly by effectively being reconfigured to say, because we're detecting some anomalous behavior, we require So it's not you, static at all? No, it's not. But we could re- require you to type in an OTP or to move locations to be on-premise rather than remote mm-hmm. because we are 
experiencing some anomalous behaviours. Do you also find, therefore, that the nature of the customers that you're working, it's allowing you to open doors into specific verticals? or? Well, at the moment, I think uh, a lot of what we're looking at is cloud-centric and data-centric. Right. So um, it's not really a vertical necessarily, but it's definitely an area that uh, we have a sort of significant area of interest. So how do you integrate that then with a back-end enterprise architecture where all there is is Kerberos or all there is is Active Directory? Well, we've been making products that uh, address that market for a long while now. Right. So we've had a technology called AppGate, which has been around and has been used extensively, even in the NHS, right. um, which, as you know, was recently hit in the UK with um, an unfortunate incident. So we've had customers um, in legacy environments that have been using our technology forever, basically. And this new generation takes a lot of what we've learned from the old, allows it still to be used in that old environment, Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not as completely as it used to be because you have to have uh, so many new hooks in there to allow it to work in the cloud world mm-hmm. that sometimes it's difficult to support both at the same time. But effectively, we have a platform that is very comfortable running on hardware right. in a legacy environment in a company's network or running as a virtual instance in Google Compute or Azure or AWS. And how does it handle things like certificate revocation and certificate management? How does it handle it? Uh, well, we actually haven't yet integrated the system to the wider certificate world that exists there. Right. So we have a controller. Is, is this a goal? Or is this a, a, wanted, a, a want to do? Or is yeah, yeah. A, we're, yeah, okay. We're going to open it up, but at the moment we use a self-signed certificate, right. which is created by the first member of what we call our collective. That's our group of machines doing sure. the control. And that certificate is used throughout the whole of our infrastructure to decide um, you know, what is allowed, what isn't allowed, to set all the security up within the infrastructure. If, 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 if a person deploying this wanted to use their own root CA, can they do that? They will be able to. So that's on our route map, and it's something we're actively working on at this moment in time. Right, okay. So as, as you're growing this product forward, the, the goal of the organization is to, is to do what? Is to achieve what? To, to, to more common sense when people are trying to understand how to handle the thorny topic of authentication? Because we've already got authentication. This is just authentication plus whistles and bells plus the fact that you can tie in so much more than you could before. Authentication is part of it because, as I said, we're a claims-based system. Yeah. So authentication in the sense that you have a, a certificate or a username and password is part of it. Yeah. What we are doing is actually changing the topology of access. Right. So when you connect to our system, you're actually creating maybe five, six, seven connections from your PC. And those connections are going directly to wherever your resources are hosted. Mm -hmm. So if a company chose to run a couple of things in Google Compute, a couple in Azure, a couple in Amazon, we would create three, four, five, six individual connections from your PC directly to those specific hosts you're allowed to access. So it's almost like a a trusted web, isn't it? Such wrong wrong terminology. But it's a web of trust in the respect that you're creating those credential-based handshakes. Yes. Okay. And we're giving companies the advantage that they can remove a lot of their existing legacy infrastructure. So there's no requirement for backhaul connections between sites. There's no reason to connect your cloud instances back to your And these are are one-time only connections as well. So presumably, you know, once you finish with it, it's dead. Yep. Just spins up the next one when it needs it. Yep. I mean, our, our firewall engine itself has no rules in it. Right. So you request access, and then we decide what rules to build based on that request. Okay. When you've finished, we remove those rules. 
So if I am a security architect in an organization and I'm looking for how to build transparency and more accountability into my platform, this sounds like an ideal opportunity. It depends. I think transparency and accountability are two very uh, vague terms. Well, well, tra- transparency is in the fact that you know I can build something that's lightweight that removes that backhaul need. Accountability when there's reporting which shows what's happened, yep. and also what's happening. And I think that's one of the you know the, the saving graces when we're in the cloud world. We want to know what's happening. We don't want to necessarily always be in post mortem triage mode. No, I think now you've defined it. Then I totally get what you're saying the transparency basically means the user doesn't even know they're using our system they just find magically they have access to six systems and then the audit logs means the companies behind uh, the users know exactly what their users have been connecting to when from what device um, with what other claims because we log all that type of information but what about things like time billing Uh, you could do time billing from it Uh, we've had Customers using our older systems for doing time billing. Right. Uh, I don't think we've had any customer using the new cloud-based system yet. That's for doing pr- that surprised me because I've always, you know, considered in my head, uh, you know, your average CIO doesn't quite understand how many clouds he's got anyway. But when he does, how they're being utilised and how they can build back that function internally within organisations, I can see that coming, and I can see that being absolutely perfect for this as well. Yeah, I mean, I can see customers migrating from our older technology to the newer technology and wanting to take time billing with them. Yeah. But uh, as yet, none have. Mm-hmm. I think maybe the problem is if you're connecting to uh, on-site and remote resources simultaneously, and they could be five, six, seven, eight, ten, twenty different systems they're connecting to. What are you billing? But also, I think the other, the other major factor for this is the fact that you are shutting down potential doors for intruders who haven't got the ability to be authenticated or to be to have that session created. Totally. So as well as only giving users access to what they are entitled to, which could be way less than the traditional network access they've had, we have implemented the software-defined perimeter stuff, which basically means that uh, our appliances are cloaked. So unless you perform a secret handshake up front, then our appliances don't exist. So you can't do a heart bleed on them and try and attack the SSL front end because the appliance simply doesn't exist as far as the uh, internet is concerned. So for your reporting engine, is that agent-based or...? Uh, Well, the reporting is via a gateway. So we have gateway appliances. And those gateway appliances have to exist on the sites that you wish to control access into. So you would spin up a virtual appliance in Google Compute Engine, for instance. Right. And then any reporting from there is centralized either to an SIEM system or to our own logging system. Okay, and if I was on Amazon, is there an AMI I can use or how does that work? Yeah, we have AMIs in the Amazon marketplace at the moment. Right. Um, I'm just working on getting the Azure marketplace up and running at the moment. So there'll be um, the equivalent PhD file available there when we do our next release, which is in about a month's time. Uh And then we'll move on to making sure that we've got something available in the Google Compute marketplace as well. And in the enterprise Linux space, is there anything at all that talks to IPA or other directory services? Uh, Well, yes, you can talk to any traditional directory service. So we fully support uh, LDAP, Active Directory, as well as SAML and Radius. Excellent. And a lot of the traditional models. And do you think those traditional models are going to migrate away soon to something a little bit more cosmetically easy to support? Or uh, Well, I'd like to think that 
authentication will become easier over time, but right. identity in itself is a separate topic, and it's not an easy one to crack. No, it's not. It really isn't. And very often it's one that's sort of left behind. I mean, I think when we implemented SAML, um, you know, we saw some distinct advantages to having a SAML-like behaviour. It can't be exactly SAML-like because we have an agent that you install on the PC, and the agent is obviously not a browser, so we had to uh, work around that. But uh, we have something which provides a, a true SAML-like experience for users. So if you've already logged into Salesforce and then you wanted to log into other systems that were controlled through our system, yep. that is a seamless experience for the user. Jamie, thank you very much for taking time to be on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me.